As your day-to-day costs continue to increase, it's more important than ever to save smartly. Rise above inflation with Freedom Federal Credit Union Savings Certificates. Like CDs, Freedom Certificate Specials are available with a variety of terms to fit your needs and are federally insured by the NCUA. Take your savings higher with Freedom Certificate Specials. Visit FreedomFCU.org to take advantage of these limited-time offers at Freedom Federal Credit Union. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy, but Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. Millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind we're not saying that planet earth is coming to an end we're saying that planet earth is about to be refurbished spaded under and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization most of the people in here are just your reflections Welcome everyone into Garden of Doom. And this episode, we are visiting again with one of our friends, a four-time guest now, uh, Andrew Goff. So first of all, how are you doing, Andrew? What's going on? Jeff, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's really nice to be back on the show. Thank you. Now, are you still coming to us from England? Absolutely. Um, central London. Okay. Freezing, the- raining. I, I think winter will never end, but never mind. Right, he's an expat. Obviously, there's no British accent there, but he's from. He is in London and has been every time I've uh, spoken to him on the show. So, for those of you who don't know Andrew, I will first tell you um, the shows he's been on with us, and then I'm going to let him talk about his many projects because he he was like sort of famous in the paranormal world when when we first met, but his star has risen. Uh, he's like a meteor but going up. Um, so. He was on a show about the Hollow Earth and Giants. 
Uh, he's affiliated within the Philom Anthropology Conference. That's how we came to become acquainted. And that show was very cleverly entitled Into the Great Wide Inner, unlike the uh, the Tom Petty song. Um, and then we did a show on one of his passion projects. He recently did a TED Talk on it about the humanity's relationship with bees in symbology, idolatry, and mythologies, etc. It was called the Be All and End All. Again, B-B-E, very clever. I'm going to continue pointing out my cleverness. And then we did a show that was basically the real Da Vinci Code and about the Templars. And that started a Templar arc of shows, uh, which included uh, Arthur Farham and, and Gretchen Cornwell. And that show was called the Poussin Code, uh, because Poussin was really more the influential artist involved than Da Vinci. So again, so darn clever. But Andrew, tell them a little bit about yourself and all of the projects and all the TV shows you've been on and all the channels you're on and all the exciting things you're doing. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on. And um, I was recently on um, uh, Ancient Aliens talking about Malta and Ancient Greece and some other subjects. Uh, just finished filming uh, a new series for, of all places, the Weather Channel. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be a really interesting show because I don't want to spoil it, but you go into all these mysteries and you're going down these rabbit holes. It's some nefarious sort of mysterious esoteric source that caused the problem or maybe some mafia thug. But in the end, it ends up being the weather. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so blame it on the rain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, some of the recent, uh, things that I've, uh, finished that are in post-production of mysteries of the ancient dead, um, in the shadows, uh, a series about secret societies. And yeah, you know, I've done loads of stuff for uh, discovery channel and, and history channel. So, um, uh, unfortunately, if you turn any of those on, you'll be hard pressed not to see me, which is unfortunate because uh, you'll see my screaming face talking about something or other. Don't, ridic- don't be ridiculous. You're, you're like the British George Clooney. Um, <laughs> well, hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, folks, I'm recording this on Thursday, March 23rd with uh, with Andrew. And this show is actually going to drop probably more recently, more sooner than most shows I record that this soon are. And the reason is, is because uh, this coming weekend in my real time, not when you hear it, uh, will be a show with uh, another Nephilim Anthropology uh, participant, Luke Michael Ironside, who's also one of my favorite guests. And he's doing a show, uh, or did it already, on linguistics and the five root races. And I'm recording on this Sunday with, I believe, the only six-time, six-time, six-time guest of Garden of Doom, Chris Ams, who's done the Norse Mythology show, and uh, the uh, he did the, the Gnostic uh, Apocrypha and the Trinity Infinity, and uh, and among others. Uh, and he's going to do, we're going to do a proper show on, Atl- on Atlantis, mostly him. Um, and so that show will air the, the following week, so you've already heard it, hopefully, but if not, you may want to go back. And although... Atlantis is one of the root races uh, under Luke's presentation, and Tartaria isn't. I think that most of us who are sort of in the supernatural, paranormal, esoteric, all you know, history, alternate history, hidden history, sort of one hundred one to to three hundred one range, we don't really, you know, we we sort of put them all together. So I think I'll do Atlantis, and then Tartaria will will follow that, and you know. Maybe in the interim, I'll find someone in Hyperborea or Ultima Tool or, 
Lemuria proper, but if not, I'll, I'll get to those things eventually. Um, but while I have you, Andrew, I just wanted to ask, do you know Mark Ollie? He's He was also on uh, Ancient Aliens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've known Mark for... Uh, I've known of Mark for about 15 years, and I just, I just met him for the first time at the, uh, the the Gaia conference, the Awakening conference last summer. Yeah, that, yeah, he's also someone who's been on TV a lot, and he's he's been on the show a bunch of times. And I just recorded a show with him with the real Robin Hood, and then we went into Templars. I didn't know how much Templars were actually involved with the with the real story of Robin Hood. So that will also be coming, folks, but that probably will be a little bit in the future. And then I know he's got a book coming, and we're going to record with him again um, when closer to when his book comes out through Flying to Disc Press. So anyway, Andrew's all over the place, and obviously we're going to talk about Tartaria, and Andrew and I were talking pre-production that Tataria, while it's very old, it's sort of new, uh, gaining popularity and people following it and trying to learn about it. Uh, I think I might have first heard about it from PJ Black, who was on episode 50, I believe, or 52, uh, where we talked about uh, African mythology and the African Anunnaki and a whole bunch of other things. Um, so you may want to check out that show. And that, that was a long time ago, and I knew a lot less then. Um but uh, hopefully PJ will listen to the show because I know he was interested in Tartaria. Anyway, Andrew, please take it away. Aside from Tartaria being somewhere in either Eurasia, somewhere between Eurasia and Siberia, maybe all of it, and being supposedly a very advanced culture, almost, almost like Asian Atlantis, I, th- that's about as much as I know. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's so interesting, this subject, because you rightfully say uh, what Tartaria is, is an ancient culture that harvested um, free energy. It had an amazing architecture. It it had um, dimensions to its buildings that suggest a, a much larger race occupied them. And then they just disappeared. And they disappeared in what has uh, been popularized as, as uh, a mud flood. Um so you what we can come on to to all that and the the whole um uh precept is, is that a lot of the things that we see a lot of the things hidden in plain sight that we think oh that's an amazing building that was done 100 years ago. no it was done a long time ago um and done by not aliens but by a race that's no longer here because they have been reset and airbrushed and if you think that sounds ridiculous and sensational what have we just gone through in the past 24 months the great reset build back better huh reset what what is what do you mean reset so the the, the whole concept of tartaria yes it it kind of if you Google it and go to Wikipedia, it refers to this area sort of in Asia bordering on, you know, Russia and the Caspian Sea and China. But it's more of a global phenomena. Um, and, and and I'd like to come on to that. And, and as we discuss this, please, you know, listeners understand if anyone tells you they're an expert on this subject, then, you know, that's they're fibbing, right? Because it's one of these subjects. I don't know, Jeff, if you, if you adhere to the, you know, there's white hats and black hats and there's, you know, evil and good. And 
and the White Hats are kind of releasing information that has been hoodwinked from us for thousands of years. I believe that Tartaria is something that's kind of been released on the esoteric channels, the alternative channels, and people are just coming to terms with it. Interesting. So what have they been releasing? So let's start something really simple. Around when do, and I guess we'll have to go, you know, BCE, obviously, around when, or it may even be so many that it's just you go into the hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of years ago, but around when was this culture supposed to be, you know, what, what's its range? It, it's either its height, its fall, or, or whichever you you can feel that you can estimate. And you have plenty of latitude of not being exactly right. As you said, there are no experts here. Well, and, and, and this is where it gets interesting. So, so, so bear, bear with me for a little while. Um, there appears to have been a great reset uh, in the early 19th century, and that appears to have been the last one. And, and I'll come on to that uh, in a little more detail. And, you know, when we talk about history, what are we talking about? His story. His story. So we're talking about his story that has covered up what appears to be a true lineage in history. And once again, the victors have written the history and that's happened again and again and again. And when you do that, you airbrush the bits that you don't want people to know about in the future. So I'll come back to this at the end of our discussion, but I've always wondered who is he? Right. Who is he? Good question. And, and um, so let that kind of knock around the back of your, your, your brain as, as we're going through this and, and realize that as I'm talking about a reset that occurred in the early 19th century, please realize that there appears to have been an attempt at another reset as we speak. And they haven't disguised it. They, the global cabal, haven't disguised it. They've called it the Great Reset. They've called it Build Back Better. Um and I believe anyone who's ushered those words cannot be trusted, but that's just my opinion. It's not. This is not about politics. It's about what have these people said? What have they written? They haven't tried to hide it. Depopulation has been an agenda. So has depopulation been an agenda in the past? It really appears to. Sure, of course. And, and you know, so one of the things um, we've all experienced, but – once someone shows it to you, to you, you can't unsee it. You're walking down the street and you see an apartment building, lovely old apartment building. What is it? Maybe 100 years old, maybe 150 years old, and you marvel at it. But you don't really think about the fact that there is a basement level that has windows in it, and the windows are half covered with ground. And then the windows just disappear into the ground. So you never sort of stop and ask, well, why is that? Why is this building submerged underground like there's levels below? Um, why does photos of the renovation 
uh, of the White House show levels going down 20, 30, 40 meters below the entrance to the White House. Yeah, there's tunnel systems down there, but this is the same architecture extended downward. And if you were to create a high rise today, you go down three or four meters, no more for your base, and then you build up. But we're talking things that are many, many meters below existing buildings. And once you see those, you see them everywhere. And it becomes a very, very interesting subject as to how those buildings could have become, well, apparently buried in mud. Right. And, you know, I would imagine that most of your listeners are probably on um, Telegram or on Rumble. If you're not, please go. And, 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 you know, Jeff can recommend some channels for you. Uh, I can recommend some channels for you. Because if you, if you Google Tartaria, you'll see some stuff on Wikipedia about uh, an ancient race in, in, in Asia and that part of the world. And it's kind of nondescript. And you'll, you'll read a lot of really um, prominent magazines, uh, Bloomberg, others just making fun of the fact that there's this um, group of historians who are now questioning architecture, architecture like the Arc de Triomphe in, in Paris that is, um, you know, just one of many examples that is just an incredibly audacious piece of architecture. Uh, and you think about when that was built. Okay, here's something that has like 37,000 cubic meters of limestone weighing 95 million kilograms. Took 12 years to build, really? How did they transport the limestone? Because we have horse and carriages. Hmm. I don't know. The first power tools are like uh, 1889. First car is 1886. Photography is 1839 or thereabouts. And now in 1806, you create this absolutely audacious structure um and if you've ever stood beneath it and just looked up at the sculpture and the symmetry and the precision there were no power tools and it radiates from the arc de triomphe out into paris in this real uniform sacred geometry right wasn't it uh l'enfant the same uh, architect or, or city planner the dc as well yeah, yeah, and th- these guys get attributed to having created that. And there's there, it when you think about it, it you know, the, for me, I could understand how the pyramids may have been constructed um, more easily than the Arc de Triomphe or, or or so many other ancient buildings because you're talking horse and carriages and. The interesting thing is when you look at the photos, the oldest photos 
of any city in the world that has these amazing architectural wonders with marble and incredible precision. Look at the roads. The roads are uneven, full of mud, dirt, surrounded by homes that are lopsided and uh, derelict. And you start, when someone points it out to you, and apologies to your audience, because this is a really visual subject. And when you see these photographs, you're like, oh, God, yeah, I've looked at that my entire life, and I've never asked the question why there's windows in the basement that are half covered and and how they could have built that at a time when there's no power tools or anything other than a horse to carry um, a ridiculous amount of stone and then carve it. Well, Paris also has the, the, the necropolis that's several layers down as well with the, they filled it with bones, but the, apparently the chambers were already were there for a long time. Yeah. 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 And, and, it's every city on the planet. You go to Moscow and you have uh, St. Basil Cathedral, one of my favorite places that I've visited many times. And it's just this wondrous um, piece of, of art. And it was created in 1555. Really? Um, thousands of red bricks and this very unique bent metal um, Look at the photos. Um, again, photography is going to be, you know, hundreds of years later. But as your day-to-day costs continue to increase, it's more important than ever to save smartly. Rise above inflation with Freedom Federal Credit Union Saving Certificates. Like CDs, Freedom Certificate Specials are available with a variety of terms to fit your needs and are federally insured by the NCUA. Take your savings higher with Freedom Certificate Specials. Visit freedomfcu.org to take advantage of these limited-time offers at Freedom Federal Credit Union. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're a body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation. Or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started? St. Basil, St. Basil, all around it, there's equally as magnificent buildings, the Kremlin, you know, stones throw away. But look at the grounds. It's all mud. It's all derelict dirt. You think a culture with the ability to create those edifices would also be able to pave a road or at least level one. 
Sure. Do they call it St. Basil's there, or Basil, or do they call it St. Vasily? Vasily. Um, yeah, you know, it's a good question. Um, for somebody who I've, I've done maybe 500 episodes of, of network television, and I think um, – um, Thank God that there's somebody sitting in the studio at all times <laughs> whose only job is to listen to what you say and make sure you don't say the wrong word. And just a, a quick detour. The one time that individual wasn't there in a shoot I was doing for NASA's Unexplained Files, I said nuclear. Now, um, the only person who's known and famous for saying nuclear, because it's supposed to be nuclear, it's two syllables, not three, is Homer Simpson. Um, so I have memes of Homer Simpson with my, my head on Homer Simpson sent to my Facebook, you know, year after year after year, because I said nuclear. Because well, that chap in the studio wasn't there to tell me how to pronounce things in case well, I... Nobody argues with Homer Simpson. That, that's just that's just absurd. I mean, they've gotten so much history right on The Simpsons anyway. I, I just, I, I mean, this is completely aside. It's just, you know, we I know St. Petersburg, but I'm not sure if they call it St. Petersburg in Russia or Pietors or Pietro, or, you know, because, uh, you know, it, if they call it St. Petersburg and St. Basil's, I mean, what what a powerful statement about the influence over another language that you would, you would name your, some of your, you know, one of your biggest cities and one of your most famous structures, you know, basically with the, you know, Anglicized or the Latinized version of the name. Yeah, absolutely. And, and without going off on a, a big detour, let's do a show sometime on the Simpsons because <laughs> that brother. will get us into time travel. Um, right which I believe is real. And there's no way the Simpsons could have guessed at a lot of the things that have come true. And some of the things that they're talking about, for instance, the firmament above our earth, that, that, that sort of dome shape, watery substance that goes above earth that every ancient civilization talk, talks about and ties into uh, Tartaria as well, um, was on a Simpsons episode like so many other um, things that have have come to be, you know, real. Well, deal. We we, we can definitely do a, a show on the Simpsons and sort of the esoteric. Yes, that would be awesome. Um, but don't think that that means I'm going to get about the peacock thing. And probably only you and I know what that means. But yeah, but don't you don't don't book yourself for too many shows. But but you can book yourself for as many as you like. Just don't think I'm going to forget the peacock. <laughs> okay. You know, and I agree about the peacock. I, I've, I have a home in, in Turkey, and I've been all over um, by the Syrian border and Iraqi border. Peacocks everywhere, and there's there's reasons for that. So that that's something that deserves some uh, attention. But you know, speaking of attention, w- one of the things um, that your listeners will probably you know readily uh, be able to picture, and if not, you can Google this. But San Francisco. In the late 19th century, I think it was 1877, there's this photograph, incredible, massive city. It goes on, it's like this panoramic, and it goes and covers the entire breadth of the city. And we know how big and sprawling San Francisco is. Now, hold that thought, and I think it was 
1866, there were under 500 settlers. Um, and, and it was growing rapidly because they just had the gold rush. Then all of a sudden, um, they had maybe 25,000 people there. When this photo was taken in 1877, they claim, one, there's 200,000 people. But the city is gargantuan. It's the same city with pretty much, with the exception of high rises, the same buildings with the same cathedrals and the same everything, except there's not a single person in sight. And from the shadows, you can tell it's midday. So it's not like a, a funny time. And these are these photos are from the historical record. They haven't been airbrushed. Where are the people? Hmm. Okay, so I guess you're going to answer that or at least allude to an answer. And somehow that's going to be related to Tartaria. Yeah. And so Tartaria was this culture that was able to harness the fact that there is a firmament over the earth. Richard Nye, who has the uh, uh, National Science Foundation funded television show in the US, he's got multiple PhDs. He has said, the earth is a closed system. You cannot leave. There is no place to go. Forget the moon landing. Never happened. Um, if you want for a moment to think about and get your head around the fact that how could the government conceal the truth from us? How could history books not tell us the truth? If you need to wrestle with that concept, look no further than NASA, um, which was created in 1959, uh, which was created on the back of the fact that the Russians... And this has just come out, uh, declassified documents about what Russia was doing during the Cold War, stacks of documents. And in those documents are details about the firmament. Russians were photographing the firmament, measuring its temperature. This, 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 we're, we're in a snow globe. You know, snow globes you collect when you're a kid and you shake them and they snow. And that's what Earth is. And... <laughs> whether you want to believe that or not, NASA clearly understands it. And, and in 1959, you have the Antarctica Treaty, you create NASA. Um, and then you have Stanley Kubrick talking to Arthur C. Clarke in the early 60s. And then boom, Stanley Kubrick does um, um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Then boom, NASA goes um, uh, and makes moon missions from 68 to 72. But today they'll tell you they've lost that technology and they've lost all the footage of those missions. Imagine that. <laughs> lost the technology. And and so it's absolute rubbish. So in our own lifetime, there is history being airbrushed. Uh, and what we're saying is there have been many resets. And the last one was, uh, according to uh, the evidence, in the early 19th century. And how did it happen? Where did the people go? It's an excellent question. And, and there's 
as many questions as there are uh, potential answers to this this mystery. But soil liquefaction, um, where solid ground can become liquefied, uh, whether it's an earthquake or, wait for it, a change in frequency. Ooh. Which is what Tesla always said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, it's it's frequency. Um, and we have to look no further than HARP in Alaska and the weather wars, which, you know, Kennedy was talking about the ability uh, to manipulate the weather. So what if you can could and always had the ability to manipulate uh, frequency and cause this liquefaction, which causes these incredible mud floods. It would explain Thor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so nobody knows about these mud floods. Um, well, they know about soil liquefaction, but there's a school of thought that says it happens on a, uh, a cyclical basis. Uh, maybe every 250 years, maybe every 1,000 years. Or there's another camp that says soil liquefaction is is um, man-made. It, it can be, it can be um, ignited. And, you know, there's, um, if, if your listeners follow um, Michael Cremo uh, in Forbidden Archaeology, he'll take you through scenario and discovery after scenario and discovery of reputable schooled very talented archaeologists who have discovered something in the united states that is at a level that means it has to be fifteen thousand years old they lose their jobs something that's fifty thousand years old they lose their jobs because they report something that's two hundred fifty thousand years old in texas that's undeniably because of the level it's at in the earth, it has to be that age. Hmm. And these people are just humiliated. Um, But there's so much evidence for mud floods, which is why you see buildings that go down into the ground at a level that doesn't make any sense. The entrance to the white house, if you look at photographs and they're on, they're on the internet that show the deep levels and the original entrance to the white house, as opposed to the one that they make and show you today. These aren't earlier um, edifices. They're the same buildings, but refreshed because they were covered in mud. And the earliest picture of all these um edifices there's no people and the photos that do show some people respectfully they're really they're primitive um they're dressed they have um you know in really simple basic clothes they they have horses and and rudimentary carriages it is not a culture that would have made that cathedral or that Arc de Triomphe. We know what they made. We can see their homes and we can see their buildings and they're, they're humble. Um, 
once you start to look at these things with those sorts of eyes, then you can't really un- unsee it. So are you saying that these items were made because uh, someone was able to leverage the, the mud floods to move large pieces of, of the materials needed to build something like the Arc de Triomphe? Or are you suggesting that they were built much, 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 much earlier? And, and just because we can detect the, the difference in the type of soils from the, archae- uh, the geological layers, that, that we can tell how old they were because we generally uh, we, we can tell the uh, you know by measuring the regular sediment versus the mud flood level of sediment we we have a we can figure out measure the time difference between the two and so we can go back and you know say go back to fifty thousand years as you pointed out and whether it's the you know whether it's the Vera coaches or the you know or the the demigods or the Anunnaki or you know whomever the Atlanteans, somebody, somebody much older built it and, and they knew how to leverage that kind of tech technology or harmonics uh, uh, without the chaos of a flood or they could control the chaos. Is, is that sort of where we're going? Well, wh- where we're going is that there was uh, a race of humans and our ancestors, no doubt, that had knowledge uh, and the ability to harness free energy, and they created buildings, and we see them with antennas, we see them with cathedrals, but they're cathedrals and the rose windows. If you look at a rose window, a classic, say, European cathedral, but, you know, same in the States. It has the same kind of design in the rose window. That's just like a snowflake. It's just like a molecule of, of water. Um, and what is surrounding the earth, and this is going to come out, guys. I've been talking about this for a couple of years, and I'm just putting pen to paper on it. I'm not the first to have spoken about it. It's the firmament. Um, this, you know... The second day of creation, uh, God created the firmament to separate the watery abyss from beyond um, and create a dry, a dry earth below. Every single culture talks about this. Enoch went and saw it. Admiral Byrd went and saw it. Um, and and the structures that this race built were able to harness, um, you know, electricity, free free um um you know free natural electricity look at photos from chicago from paris of the world's fair everything is lit up there was no electricity then everything is lit up and and again once you see that you really can't unsee it so the mud flood was somebody's way of destroying that race and destroying and altering a lot of these buildings are still here but they've been decommissioned if you will their ability to to harness free energy is no longer there we have star stations google star stations star, star stations and you'll see these 
incredible. They're called forts. Really? Um, they're shaped like a star. They're on the ground. They're um, several acres in, in uh, diameter. And they were all about harnessing. And water was involved. Of course it was. They were all on tributaries and lakes and rivers to harness electricity. Um, arguably the pyramids were the, the same sort of thing. Um, but the mud flood to the best of everyone's ability, who's just getting their heads around this reality, was was intentionally or accidentally levied against this race. Um, now, one of the other things that's that's really interesting, and I'm just going to stop and, and ask Jeff. Um, I'm in my my office here in London, but. In my other room, for some reason, the television has turned itself on. <laughs> Can you hear it, or should I go turn it off? I, I don't hear it, so it's fine. So okay. unless it's bothering you, we're, we're cool. It's probably uh, the free energy being inspired. From I know, power. right? I mean, someone's sending you a signal. That's uh, the, the, uh, either that stay away or that you're on to something. Well, it could be either. That, that could be the <laughs> message. But maybe, <laughs> exactly. maybe it's, it could be define aff affirmation or it could be a warning. So it's the early 19th century. There's been a reset. It appears to have been in part uh, a mud flood. Um, go and look at all these early photographs and you see cities with glorious structures that are empty, the buildings covered in mud. You see people removing the mud uh, and you see people who don't appear to have the ability to have created them in the first place. But what else do you see? What did Charles Dickens write about? Uh, the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> that orphans. I don't know. <laughs> orphans, orphans, orphans. Yep. And and you have at all the world's fairs and all the regional sort of um, fun fairs, for lack of a better term, incubation centers. And people pay, you can Google this, and it's called, wait for it, Cabbage Patch. Oh, no. Why were people paying a lot of money to go into a room full of dozens and dozens and dozens of incubators with, with small babies? Uh, I don't know, but if you, if you pull out Teddy Bixpin on me, I'm going to get really scared. <laughs> And so you have you have this phenomenon of babies being mass produced. They're all orphans. There's no parents in sight, and people are flocking to see them and looking at them with absolute wonder. And there's postcards and photos. Google it; you'll see it. Cabbage Patch. And what do you see in? some of the photos shortly thereafter is these incredible factories with big, scary, I've worked in a factory before, big, scary equipment being operated by kids. Yeah. Five or six or seven years old. Where are the adults? Where are the parents? Why are kids working this complicated factory machinery so what you're suggesting is that there was 
a reset about 120 some odd years ago or around that time period where there were floods that wiped out a generation or more uh, of adults, which would you know encompass several generations. There were some survivors. Children either survived or the technology survived to manufacture children. And that's what we are now. We're the descendants of those and and somehow that that is related to Tartarian technology? You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too. But not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will, but we're not gonna let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. Uh, yes. And listen, it sounds um, absolutely um, ridiculous. I know it does. Well, this is hard in the room, so that's okay. I mean, you know, I, I, to, to, to kind of um, get myself in the zone for, for this discussion, there's a particular person, um, and I'll, I'll send you the, the details, and you can maybe post it on your, your, um, your site, a five-hour video of five hours of visuals wow. of what we're talking about now. And each of these subjects, cabbage patch, mud flood, um, the architectures, how cathedrals weren't religious structures. They were structures to harness the energy. Um, and, and, and there were power plants. Uh, there were cathodes, not cathedrals. Well, that's interesting. That's what a lot of people say about the various pyramids, um, that they're not, the, the, whether you believe in ley lines or not really doesn't matter because they were there to harness energy and the energy, you know, uh, you know, came from above. But of course, there's the hermetic principle as above, so below. So there would be energy from both sides. And of course, the, whether you believe in ley lines or not, the earth has, energy. I mean, we've got molten cores, there's plate tectonics, there might be the, the crustal displacement. We have a polarity that's shifting right now as it does, you know, routinely every, you know, few decades to a few hundred years. So, I mean, obviously the earth has energy. I mean, there's gravity, there's, you know, all these other fine things that, that exist. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not just these cathedrals, it, it you know, that, that that's what there are, and by people, I mean, you know, I guess, uh, you know, Cliff Dunning on Earth Ancients, uh, Graham Hancock, I'm, I'm sure Randall Carlson has talked about it. There's been lots who've said these are these are all power plants or, or energy 
energy harnesses, which I, in essence are the same thing. They're, you know, uh, an artificial structure to, to, you know, to acquire energy, whether they manufacture it or harness it probably doesn't really matter. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so a cathedral is not a religious structure. It might be today. I respect that. You'll see images of old buildings in early San Francisco, right after the gold rush. Photography has just been invented. And there's um, crescent moons on the buildings. Now, Islam didn't adopt the crescent moon as a symbol until the 19th century, those images and crosses weren't religious symbols then. They were part of the material and structure that would help harness this energy. So a cathedral was not a cathedral. Um, uh, a castle was not a castle. A moat was not a moat. Uh, a fort was not a fort. It was a star fort. A government building was not a a government building that was built a hundred years ago for Tartaria. It's something that existed much longer ago. And there's some good examples of, um, gosh, there's a photograph of a building. I think it's in Florence and it has Roman numerals um, for the date. And the date is 810. So if there's a photo taken of that, Um, You know, it has to be sort of from like 1850 onwards. And the Roman numerals say 810. Um, I might be wrong about the specifics, but the the truth of this example is, is authentic. That same building exists today. Of course it does. But they put another Roman numeral on the front of it, which makes it constructed sort of like 1932 or something hiding the fact that it was it was a much more ancient um structure and yeah that's you know that's the the essence of tartaria is yeah google it you, you'll hear lots of people really taking the um uh the mickey as they say in the uk out of it but look at who these sources are. They're the same sources who've been telling you vaccines are safe. They're the same sources who've been telling you get your fourth booster. Look at what's come to reality now. You know, all these people, you know, are, are bought and sold and part of the same cabal. And and it for me makes me beg the question. Yet yeah, Rockefeller uh, was really uh, instrumental in creating the education courses and books and content that continues to be taught today. The victors are the ones who decide the story, his story, but who is he? So Tartaria, I mean, it's less of a place than it is a movement and a movement that still exists today and has information and has been utilizing it uh, and then sort of, erasing the the carbon evidence but leaving behind the physical evidence because you can't get rid of your power plants basically and then replacing the population uh with new you know sort of like invasion of the body snatcher style with new pods um but i mean tartaria had to have an origin so i mean is it actually of 
Asian, Eurasian origin. I mean, obviously the, 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 the continents wouldn't have had the same names. Maybe they weren't even in the same place then for all I know. Uh, but are we talking 50,000 years ago? Are we talking about 2 million? Are we, I mean, you said they're human. So Homo sapiens were, I mean, I think is, you know, as we know it is 300,000 years, but that doesn't mean that that's correct. And that keeps getting moved back. And, you know, Homo, and there's no rule out there that says that, Homo sapiens had to be the only Homo something that was intelligent, or period. There was, I mean, the Earth's old, um, and there's plenty of cultures that have the five ages of man. There's the the five root cultures that Luke spoke about, but the the Mayans have the five ages of man. A lot of the First Nations have five ages of man. Um, you know, the, the Egyptian dynasties and the the Sumerian royal houses uh, went back. Three, four hundred thousand years. I think the Sumerians were. It was four hundred thirty-two thousand. I, I don't. I don't remember exactly why I remember that, but it had something to do with Niburu and 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 the the divine year was thirty-six hundred years. And with the math, it, it four hundred thirty-two thousand was significant um, because everything ends up being math and symmetry, which is in essence geometry, which is what you're saying. Um, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit back, so. Bring, bring me back, but try. But I think the original question is: When does Tartaria date back to? And was it ever a place, or was it always sort of a movement, a philosophy, uh, a control mechanism? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and and the, the audience might be frustrated by the lack of clarity on the answer. There, there definitely are old maps. And 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 history references to Tartaria and Tartarian um, uh, culture existing in the parts of the world that that, that we've discussed um, over by the Caspian Sea, China, uh, Russia, you know that part of Siberia, that part of the of the world. But it, it appears to have been a global phenomena because there's buildings uh, with you know architecture that absolutely defies the ability. I mean, I, I have a home in Istanbul and I marvel at Sinan who created, um, gosh, what is it? Two or 300 of the most incredible mosque. These structures just jaw dropping. Uh, the precision is unbelievable. And he existed when? Hundreds of years ago. Okay, and you believe it because you think, oh, that's isn't that wonderful? That's amazing. But you just have to stop and realize there's no way in hell that anyone could have produced those sorts of things with what was available to them at the time. Just look at the people of that time. Um, and I'm not talking about aliens coming in with... <laughs> Um, spaceships and, and doing this. I, I'm saying the earth is millions of years old. Um, well, I mean, I say millions of years old of habitation. And there have been many, many races uh, and many cultures on the planet and beneath it. And, and you know, listen to our previous conversations about the inner earth. We are in the, we are in the inner earth because the firmament is above us. And that's made of water. Now, hold that thought just for a second. The guy who did a Blue Planet, um, Richard Attenborough, 
the, the guy who made the documentary is a world famous um, uh, documentary maker for underwater stuff. And after a blue planet uh, came out, he was doing the um, um, Mike, uh, Mike degree, Mike degree, Mike degree or something like that. And, and he, you can Google this on YouTube and, and he's talking about the fact that they're in a submarine, the bottom of the ocean, and all of a sudden they hit the bottom, but it's not like they hit the floor. They hit a lake hmm. and they were bouncing off a lake and they knew it was a lake because there were kind of like little waves on it and there were eels on it. And he said it was so super saline and dense. The submarine he was in just bounced off of it. Sounds like the uh, the Kong movie, Kong versus Godzilla, where Kong lived in a hollow earth, or they went to a hollow earth to to find Kong's ancestors, and the the gravity sort of inverted. Also, it sounds a little bit like my favorite book, The Descent, which had you know all these cisterns and and underground lakes and oceans, and and had a they had a, a race called the Homo Hadalis for Hadels, you know, as as they're from Hades. Um, so uh, that, that's a great book. If anyone li- likes horror, but combined with uh, sort of mythological and, and uh, theological, all mixed into one, that, that's a terrific book by a guy named Jeff Long, who's a jerk. If you're listening, Jeff, I've been trying to reach you and you, you never respond to me. Um, and I know you're not writing anything. Anyway, enough about my little book. <laughs> okay. well, I, I love all that stuff. So I, I've just written that down. I'm going to make a note to uh, to seek that out. Yeah, and, and there is a movie based, 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 based on it. But don't watch the movie and think it's a substitute. It's a good movie, but it's not. It it's not the same thing. Well, I mean, so hold this thought. That this guy has found this um, watery substance at the bottom of the ocean that appears to be impenetrable. Now. NASA claims it's been to the moon. That's 240,000 miles above Earth. Right. Uh, but the Van Allen belt, you can't get past it. And, and Van Allen was doing Operation Fishbowl. Fishbowl. <laughs> um, and, and, but it wasn't until, oh gosh, what was it? It was uh, 2014, I think, that the Civilian um, Aviation uh, Society, and forgive me, I can't think of their name, uh, civilian space exploration sent a rocket up with a camera on it, and you can, it's on YouTube. Google this civilian space exploration. This is 2014. The rocket goes up and it goes up and up and up and up and up and up. And when it gets to 70 miles, it hits something really soft, it doesn't explode, it just sticks. And you watch, and after about a minute, minute and a half falls back to hit the firmament, um, which is made of, of water. And, you know, there's the Van Allen belt and Van Allen was setting off nuclear explosions in Operation Fishbowl at the top of the atmosphere, trying to break through the firmament. So is that what the Van Allen belt is sort of where the atmosphere ends and the, the firmament firmament begins? Exactly. And, you know, so, so why, why do NASA, um, rockets, go up and arch. Why do they look as though it's a boat on the water with water flying? Well, it is because you're hitting the top of the firmament. And Obama in 210 said that, you know, he wants to revitalize NASA because the, the goal is to reach low Earth orbit. Well, that's at 
well, NASA says that's 100,000 miles. The moon is 240,000 miles. So are you telling us you've never been to the moon then? Well, yeah. I mean, satellites are supposed to be at 22,000 miles, right? Isn't that, uh, isn't that uh, well within low Earth orbit, satellites? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I encourage people to go watch the Truman Show because that, that not only is, is allegorical for the fact that we're living in a bubble, but in the final scene, you have Ed Harris, who's the director. He's sitting looking at his like um, iPad or something. There's a desk in front of him that's flat, and it has a circular globe over it. And it's, you know, the elite have their, their way of kind of communicating what's real, and it's the firmament. So it, it just humor me to say it. If there's a watery sub- substance that goes above us and below us, and we all know the power now and the magic and and and, and what what is rendered from from water. If you could harness that with frequency, uh, which is what the Tartarians are said to have done, and I'm and I'm just exploring this like everyone else, and and these incredible artifacts, um, these edifices, were able to produce electricity for world fairs and and. Uh, it was a global phenomena, um, but now that's been destroyed intentionally or um, accidentally, and it's much more profitable to charge people for heat and electricity, which is what's going on now. Uh, and you think, oh, a reset, no way, come on. Well, what have we just lived through? The Great Reset, Build Back Better, Look at the people who are telling us about that. They're all products of the World Economic Forum. That's all part of the cabal. I think it's over. I think the good guys have won. Call them the white hats. The head of the snake has been chopped off, and you're going to see some real revelations come out. Hopefully, things like the Simpsons, who show a big bubble over the earth like the firmament. Everything else they've said has come true. All right, well, let's say that that you're correct about everything, and basically the earth is in – you know, we're basically in an, an aquarium exhibit, either preserved by uh, a, a divine uh, being because we're special, or because we're some sort of lab experiment with a superior race that's out there in the in the vast sea that that the firmament is just is just our glass case. Uh, but so the so the Tartarians they knew how to harness the energy, but did they have anything to do with the encasement or the creation, or or were they just were they just wise to it uh, on their own? Did they figure out on their own or were they, were they tipped off? Were they, you know, not in league, but were they in the confidence of, of, you know, whatever higher power created this, or did they just sort of stumble upon the technology and, and built it, but then it was destroyed by, I I don't know. I'm not sure who, but I guess we can answer the first part and then we can try to figure out who, who destroyed the, the the culture that was Tartaria to the extent that they could? Yeah, no, that's a great question. They would have been aware of it. That, uh, I don't believe they would have been the creators of it. Um, uh, we're told with every theology that uh, God, whoever that was, is, um, created it. So Genesis talks about it in detail. Uh, the Enuma Elish talks about it. The Book of Job talks about it. Uh, Enoch spoke about it. Uh, it goes on and on. Early Hebrew, 
Um, oh, everything uh, talks about the the Chinese, the 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 Vedic the Vedic culture from wow. India. You you name it. Ever everyone talks about. I mean, even Greek and Norse mythology. If you you know, I mean, sometimes there's something like a you know a giant in space, or you know, or a cow, or someone gets sacrificed and cut up. But there's always you know from from a void comes. The, the the sky and the earth or, or the, you know, and then in the earth is, you know, sometimes divided by land and water, but there's the sky and the earth and the earth is mostly water. And exactly. And if you picture, I mean, just humor me a little bit more, a little bit longer. If you have a snow globe, um, say it's on a flat surface or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into the flat earth discussion because I don't think it's round. I don't think it's flat. Um, but if you have a snow globe, a but globe. If you do know a flat Earth us. person, I would love to have them on the show to he- hear all of it. Uh, but but yeah, I know, I know I, I've actually heard your firmament presentation, so I know that you think it's more like oblong. It's more more like a oval. But and you know there there are um, you know with the great reset that happened last time, if that was the early nineteenth century, if that was the last one, th- you know they weren't able apparently, to clean up all the old maps and all the old things that have surfaced over the, the, the decades. And some of those maps show uh, the Earth encircled by an ice wall. And beyond the ice wall, um, by the way, an entrance to that um, exit of the ice wall is in Antarctica, the only place on the planet that every nation agrees you cannot go there is our other continents. And Admiral Byrd, the most decorated American military person in history, Google it on YouTube. There he is saying, well, yeah, just um, beyond Antarctica is a continent bigger than the United States has never been explored. That's just one of them. And if you look at the names of them, it's like uh, Lemura, Atlantis, Thule. <laughs> They're all the places from mythology. All the, the, all the who's who. The, 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 there's the names right there. And that's – I remember the Admiral Byrd. Sorry. And, and didn't he say that he saw like a, a mastodon or a woolly mammoth or something as well? Yeah. And that's so interesting. He saw – you know, he's in his plane. Uh, he kept a diary. It got published after his death because they really came down on him. Uh, he finished his, his, his ex, um, expedition to Antarctica and said, we are going to be attacked from either pole, from crafts far superiors to ours. And then, boom, four months later, Roswell happens. A week later, the DOD is created. A week after that, the CIA is created, <laughs> and, and um, he was right. But but to your point, in his diary, he says all of a sudden um, there's green land down below. It's all green and warm. Well, I'm 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 in the uh, uh, the polar cap. How can that be? And then he sees a mammoth, which. The Marley Station Mall Carnival is here through April 16th. Free parking and the best rides in town. Ride the Giant Wheel, the Superman, Skyhawk, or one of our great kitty rides. Try the delicious funnel cakes and carnival food. Or test your skill at one of the games. There's fun for the whole family. For huge savings and information, visit dreamlandamusements.com. The Marley Station Mall Carnival, now through April 16th. Don't miss it. 
With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Jules Verne writes about in Journey to the Center of the Earth. Sure there was a mammoth yeah. inside the Earth. In he he also wrote about, before you got there, that there was caves full of crystals, and, and they found them at least in one place in Mexico, these caverns full of gigantic crystals. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So Bird said he saw this crystalline city. Um, and planes with swastikas on them. Now that, that we all know that swastikas are a sacred symbol predating the Nazi era, took over the control of his plane and landed him. He met with like the ruler of the inner earth um, <laughs> and told him uh, very poignantly that in the time when your world has been destroyed and it will be destroyed, we will be here. We will come back. We will help you uh, restore it. And we've we've preserved the history of arts and sciences um, for that purpose. And that's supposed to be, interestingly enough, 2029, 2030. And what and, and listeners should Google Agenda 230. <laughs> um, because 230 or 2030. 2030. Um, yeah. Agenda 2030. It was Agenda 2023. They changed it to Agenda 2030. And it's not pleasant. It's um, a real concerted effort by uh, the global elite to to orchestrate a depopulation. In the UK, we now have, because of this, forgive me, I, I don't, you know, I don't mean to trigger anyone when I say I personally believe that global warming is complete bollocks. Look at the people who are promoting it, same people who are promoting COVID. And, and well, why would you promote global warming? What could possibly be the motivation for that? Well, we now have 15-minute cities. And uh, I'm telling you, in the UK, they're not having it. They are vandalizing the you know what out of these devices that stop people from leaving their neighborhoods and film them when they do leave uh, they're destroying the cameras they're taking down the barriers they're not having it and no one's asked do you want a 15 minute city do you want to be confined to an open air concentration camp no they're just enforcing it because of global warming um and you know that's that's part of the agenda 230 and 230 is when bird was told um, that these people would come back to, to save us. Now you said uh, way back when we first started, you said that this race was that the, the buildings were built to a scale larger than current day humans. So do you think that this is related at all to legends of giants? I mean, we, you know, every, every culture has, you know, Finn Balor or, or Finn McCool, was a you know giant like Hercules and built this. Uh, Merlin used giants to build Stonehenge. You know the the you know uh, in in all through Mesoamerica and South America they had giants. You know built these things and you know the Nephilim, of course the 
you know, the, the giants of old. In, in Greek mythology, you had the Titans, but you also had another race sort of contemporary with the Olympians, maybe even just before them, because they came from the, the blood of, of the, the castrated, uh, Kronos, I guess, when, when, uh, Aphrodite, when Aphrodite came from his, uh, the sea foam and his semen, the giants came from the blood. Um, I, I guess the rest of the Olympians were still stuck inside Rhea at the time. Anyway, I, I don't know at all, but, the, but there was another race called the giants that were akin to the gods, but not quite the gods. Um, you know, do, do you think that maybe that's where some of these legends come from that, that, it, it was these Tartarians that actually were of a larger stature. Boy, after all that build-up, you go, nah, they were just, you know, six foot tall. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great question because you, you look at the uh, cathedrals. I've been in Russia. I used to go there on business um, a lot, and I always explore when I went there. And the cathedrals have... And you've seen the photos, and I'm sure you've been to places that they have these kind of doors where they're 100 feet high. Yeah. And there's keys that keys to the doors, the keys themselves are two or three feet long, and the keyhole is about 50 feet in the air. <laughs> so, is it is it symbolic of you know the um, respectfully the Almighty, the Creator? having an abode like this or is this something more practical like that was the size of the people who went there so you think that maybe the tartarians or not maybe you're saying the tartarians were enormous well i we don't we don't know we don't know um but some of these these um cathedrals some of these just buildings like old what appear to be train stations old um Town halls, that's a good example. They have huge doorways. And so, one, there's no history of its construction uh, that is credible. And just look at the technology and look at the people who lived at that time, and you can't get your head around it. For me, I could explain and be happy with the pyramids being built. In, being built um, by people of that era, pulling rocks up and using water and using rollers to do that before I could get my head around how the people of Paris could have built the Arc de Triomphe. So don't, we don't know. We don't know. And, and the discussion around this is, is it's two or three years old. It's, it's not any older than that. It's just... I think it's part of the Great Awakening. They attempted the Great Reset, and now all of a sudden the Great Awakening is happening, and we're seeing things so differently. Uh, the fog is lifted, and the veil is lifted, and now it's like, are you kidding me? So uh, does the word Tartaria, the, I mean, is it is it just a word we use now to describe it because generally the, 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 the nomadic step tribes known as the Tartars live generally in the vicinity or are they called that because there was a Tartarian culture uh, in the vicinity or completely where, where, where they live. And that's just their ancestors or their ancestors, you know, carry the, the, the lore, the legend, the history of, of the Tartarian peoples. Yeah, no, that's a great question, Jeff. And, and, and forgive me for sounding jaded, but I just, 
I don't believe anything historically that's been taught to us. Uh, it's all his story. Well, so who, who is, is he? I mean, who is he? We, we we said we'd come back to that, right? Well, I guess, I guess the answer is you, you just think that the, the the Tartarian isn't an ancient word. We're just using the word now because of the region. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I think I think the Tartarian, um, the reality of Tartarian, Tartaria, has been written in his story to be a culture that existed, but they were kind of a nomad culture that existed in Asia and, and parts of Russia and the Caspian Sea. Um, no big deal. Whereas in reality, it appears to have been a global culture that had the ability to create incredible edifices that were designed to harness uh, the wonders of nature, such as free energy and many other things in terms of uh, the healing properties of water, which we haven't even spoken about, um, and and all facets of energy and heating and and and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I would encourage anybody who's the littlest bit, even like I think that's rubbish. I'm going to go take a look. Please go to Telegram. Please go to um, Rumble and look there. Also look at the conventional sources, but, you know, they pr protest a bit uh, too much. And here, let me, let me just, I'm looking here for a quote uh, I had saved. And will I be able to find it? Um, this is from Bloomberg. Now, Bloomberg, if you've been uh, tracking on the... Um, alternative channels is is bought and sold you know it's it's a mouthpiece of the cabal so zach mortise writing for bloomberg believes the theory of tartaria reflects a cultural discontent with modernism and a supposition that traditional styles are inherently good and modern styles are bad he describes the theory as the QAnon of architecture ah so it is it's it's directly tied to architecture but, but i mean no offense to Mr. Mortis and, and his writing or his opinions, but come on, the name Mortis is too close to Mortis. I mean, it's, which is like Latin for dead, death, right? Yeah, you know, and I, I wish I wish I had some conspiracy theories to share with your listeners, but I've run out of them because they've all come. No, no, you, you, I mean, I think you hit them all, but uh, so, so, but except for the last one, which, who is, I mean, you know, we keep saying his story. Um, I mean, of course, that's an English word. I don't know how old it goes back. But I, I guess that could be influenced by, you know, a group that's this powerful. They can shape the language so that the, the common word uh, just fits with the common language. And they could have meant the same thing just in a different language. But who is he? Who 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 is him? Who Who is this? Who is this? The leader? Who's who's the guy? Yeah, well, my, my, um, it's a great question. I don't think any. Well, there probably are people who know. I don't. My opinion is that we have been governed um, and pretty much brainwashed into not uh, seeing the fact that we've been governed by a global cabal. But do we have? Which, is, is there a is there a name from mythos or logos? Is it? Is, is it Zell? Is it Iblis? Is it is it Satan? Well, yes, yes, yes. And this global cabal exists to serve a satanic god, 
uh, can use that those words in the same sentence. So, for lack of a better term, Satan. That's fine. Listen, I understand that, that, that every religious system has their own name for you know a, a god of of chaos or evil. And it's not always evil. In some places, chaos and order they go together. One can't be without the other. But whatever that size. The, the the personification of chaos or the personification of evil that's what it is satan's probably the most commonly used word yeah name, and that's fine. specifically i would say ball oh um, oh my and it's ball okay now now yeah yeah that that's 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 just my opinion and and um connecting the dots but things are moving really quickly and and my my you know i i, I you have to hold out the thought that you could be wrong and you're going to change your opinion. You're going to evolve it. You're going to realize that you had an immature view on something because you didn't have all the evidence and you have to evolve. Um, but you're asking me today and, and uh, what is it? The 23rd of, of March, 2023. I think his story was, was that written um, in honor or dishonor of ball. Okay. All right. Last question, and then I'm going to let you promote whatever it is that you'd like to promote that you didn't already or repeat yourself. Um, but, okay, what do we do? How, you know, if, if someone does the research and comes to the conclusion that you are correct or they want to hedge their bets, it's like one of those Pascalian deals where you're like, huh, if he's, you know, if I, if I do nothing, I'm in trouble. If I do something, you know, I, I, you know, I might be able, you know, do a lot of good. So what what does one do to protect themselves from this? I think um, we really have to trust our our intuitions um, and and realize that we've had a lifetime and many generations of being misled. And I think we owe it to ourselves when we see the world events all saying, look over here, look over here, look over here, Russia, Ukraine, look at the, look the other way. Cause the other direction is, is where it's really happening. And there, there's, there's so many uh, examples of that. It's, it's, it's not true. Um, so put Occam's razor into a mirror. Yeah. Just, just question everything. And, and, uh, I, th- I think I think for those who are listening who are, have really struggled with these audacious um, propositions and theories, just take a really close look at NASA. Take a look, a really close look at the phone call Nixon made to the moon. Take a phone. I mean, they've lost the technology. We can't do it anymore. Lost all the footage. Um you have all the astronauts um, with uh, uh, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and they all have pretty much said it's all on YouTube. In their own words, it never happened. So if you can lie about something so unbelievable in our lifetime, just think about the lies that have been told before the Internet when you couldn't research and 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 and, and prove that this stuff was just silliness. Yeah, but what do you do? Do you do you pack your belongings, 
you know, find a, a like an empty patch on the Yukon and and live off the land and and hope that it'll pass you by, or do you, you know, is is I mean, I know that a lot of people talk about Tartaria. They're very interested in, you know, getting heavy metals and, and, you know, they're excited about cryptocurrency. I'm not so sure anymore, but, you know, anything to not tie them to be having to survive based on current government rule society. Um, so are there steps that people could take that wouldn't land them in, you know, federal or whatever their equivalent state or, or nation's prison is, but they can, they can protect themselves and, and hedge their bets and but but still be able to live live in the you know in the developed world but still be ha- have some protection when this should happen you know i i went to all the uh the big forty thousand people marches and protests during lockdown i was in trafalgar square running from the police for my life um and i was there next to david ike when he was giving this incredible speech 50,000 people. <laughs> and, and he was asked a question, what do we do? Like you just asked. And he said, listen, there's probably a couple hundred of these psychopaths who are controlling the planet. You can fit them into one room. There's 8 billion of us. I think I can see a way out of here. Okay. 15-minute cities in the UK. You can't leave your 15-minute radius. You can't. You can't enter. You can't leave. Sorry. They're destroying those barriers, ripping them to shreds. It's not on the news. You'll find it on Telegram. Um, You'll see the footage of the people destroying the cameras, destroying the barriers. We just have to say no. Well, you're in Britain. Have Have you seen it yourself? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's fantastic. These people are heroes. Um, and it's what it takes because this government, uh, I say that collectively worldwide, is not ser- they should exist to serve us, and they don't. It's not even a democracy anymore. So it's time, I think, for a bit of revolution. Okay. Well, that is a very Garden of Doom place to, to end the content portion of our show. You're on for the Simpsons and time travel and anything Simpsons to do with uh, esoteric, and, and you're still not off the hook for um, um, Peacock. And if Bruce Fenton doesn't, doesn't uh, book, book a date, then I may, have to, I may have to call upon you at some point for all things Antarctica, um, which is a, a fun time. Oh, yeah. But, oh, please. Be don't say please because because i because i'll bug you and you'll be busy and then you know <laughs> you know i try to i try to only bug people like twice a year you know or, you know something like that but you know if bruce was going to do antarctica then he's like oh, i'm so busy but then i saw him tweeting all the time and so i'm like bruce it looks like you're out of your shell now he's like you're right we should put in the books but we still haven't so bruce if you're listening i hope you are uh hit me up at least if you're not doing it for me do it for andrew because like he already, I'm already giving him jobs, and he already has jobs that pay him and stuff. Um, so, anyway, enough about that. Andrew, tell people where they can find you, how they can support you, how they can learn more about you. Uh, I know that you're writing a book. I, I I can't recall if you've written ones in the past, but you're all over the place. So I'm sure there's tons of ways that they can follow your work and support you. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I, uh, AndrewGoff.com is my website. I, I don't have any products. I don't have anything I'm selling. Um, hair care. Your hair is very nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking to start to, to do uh, tours. I'm going to do a tour of Malta, uh, which is an amazing ancient place, and um, uh, in Turkey, and a sort of goddess 
bee-themed tour of, of Egypt. So those are all things in the works. Uh, be on the lookout for those. I hope you can join me. Oh, my goodness. Wow, lots of stuff. Yeah, so definitely follow Andrew that. Can't thank him enough. Folks, thank you for listening to Garden of Doom. This was a very Garden of Doomy one. I mean, we have maybe seven years, uh, you know, and hopefully uh, hopefully some of you will be in, in their survival, and hopefully I'll be one of the 144,000 designated, uh, you know, uh, ruling the new ruling elite, but the, on, on the righteous side because, you know, I'm – I'm me, and I'm swell. Anyway, thank you for listening, Garden of Doom. Please let your friends know. Please give us a five-star rating and a review. But more important than anything else, subscribe, download, listen, and refer to friends. And now, folks, you know about my tech challenges. You don't want to hear about it again. But I am going to try to do an outro song this time. Last time I did an intro song, it was a disaster, but I'm going to try. So here we go. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.